man. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. With me again is Will and Bruce. Hey, everybody. Well shaken of an entire bottle without ice doesn't mean anything, Roger Moore. I, I thought better of you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, we've been going through our James Bond series. We've done one Connery. We've done the one Lazy. We did the first Roger Moore, and now we're doing the last Roger Moore. That's right. We're doing from 1985 of you to a kill. Ugh. So I will no, say I don't this. get it. Like this is like the worst one on Rotten Tomatoes and the basic idea that this is worse than that, you know, Romulan racist horror uh is is astonishing <laughs> to me. Okay? It's astonishing to me that this is considered worse than that because I I just I can't even grasp a dimension in which that is not far far worse. Uh, the action sequences are worse. The The only thing arguable is that nobody in that acted as badly as Tanya Roberts. But, like, that's it. That's literally the only way in which it is worse than that monstrosity. Well, yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned her first because there, there's a funny adding. Though. This is the movie that Roger Moore quit because he like, I'm not going to do Bond after this. Because while they were shooting, Tanya Roberts' mother came to visit her. She introduced, him to, she introduced her mom to Roger Moore. Roger Moore then re- found out he was five years older than Tanya Roberts' mom. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't bring this up the first when we did Live and Let Die, but Roger Moore was 45 when he got the part of uh, Bond in Live and Let Die. So here he's 50, he's almost 58. Well, and it's, it's showing on his skin. He's got uh, that. Hulk Hogan tan going. He's got that leathery, weathered look of a of a you know a Western Union saddlebag. Um, so yeah, but I mean the way. But, but I will say this: the cover, like in universe, Bond was old. Like they, the covers chosen for him were old man covers. Like uh, a, you know, nothing was implausible vis-a-vis. Bond, except like his ability to run around like this and his ability you know to saying? punch, yeah. Like, well, I mean, again, he didn't punch particularly effectively in this film. That's well, he never punches. Yanked. So, let's let's start. So, uh, my, my short summary with this film is I had never seen it before, I didn't even know this movie existed. I'll be honest, I again, we're I'm, I'm a definitely a not a Bond fan, um. Especially after you only live twice. I still can't get the taste of that out of my mouth. Um, God. So I've now seen four Bond films that weren't Goldeneye. And I'm not going to include Goldeneye in this because at the, I haven't seen it in like 25 years. And I don't really remember it all that well. And that's what we're going to do for uh, Brosnan. Awesome. Great. I, I remember liking the film, but I liked a lot of movies then that I'm not so thrilled about now. Um, but compared to... Live and uh, you only live twice, and um, live and let die. This movie is better than those. I don't think it quite reaches the heights of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I would agree. Which so far is the best of the movies I've seen. Um, but this one has some real problems at the beginning, and then it, it it's like they stapled two different movies together. Yes, and like and I would I, argue, three maybe because oh, they have like the Blues Brothers in the middle. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they brought, we're going to discuss that. Okay, uh, but no, you can tell this movie is full of like. Well, we saw this look cool in this other movie. Let's let's borrow it for this. All um, right. So it opens up with Duran Duran, which is fine. I like Duran Duran. They're fine. 
the move the time okay so let's place this in its context this the the time is 1985 back to the future is is a contemporary can Bre- come back to the future comes out two weeks before this yeah the breakfast club is yeah. a contemporary um commando is a contemporary right yep yeah, but, uh, but these are not the contemporaries that i would look to i would look to the fucking a-team like, also yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the vibe on this the a-team thing. is out so dukes of hazard is out i mean yeah. these are these are things that ex- are properties no, that like, are known I literally feel the cinematography is A-Team cinematography. The sets are A-Team sets. This is A-Team James Bond is is how I view it. I mean, um, and it's, you're not... It, it just feels that way. I think yeah. the opening sequence has a better... Like, is more James Bondy in terms of yes. background than the second... The first half of the movie... I guess we should just get into it. So it opens with a fucking... James Bond invents snowboarding. Yes. Well, no. First, he's doing like you know, uh, you know, uh, stunt yep. skiing, like uh, you know, like moguls Guys. and uh, freestyle skiing, and then somehow he it turns into. Please use the period correct term. In 1985, Hot. it was That's called right. snurfing. 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 Snow surfing, right? Yeah. Snow surfing. Snurfing. There's there were competitions. The billboards. I would kill to have like a banner from '85, like snurfing, because the Smurfs were a thing in the '80s. They they like, they, they, they were. didn't do that without awareness of the Smurfs. So snurfing is on like every level the worst possible thing in human history. <laughs> well, I'll be a son of a snurf. Um. I guess we should point out Hawk Dog. The movie came out, I think, the same year too. So yeah, like there are so, like there are so many movies that came out this the year, the same year this did that are better films. And right. like the first, so God, so the skiing sequence goes on for far too long. Yeah, and turns into a uh, and then has the Beast Boys play. And then like literally the tone no no changes. but see, that I took well. I don't know why you didn't. I took it as hilarious. I was just like, "Yeah, why go, go. again?" If this of was supposed to will. be a comedy or a parody, I could I could dig it, but it wasn't. Like okay. this was played this straight. Is, I, I don't know. I took this as I took this as as comedy all the way through. From the little like like uh, Johnny Five is alive, like another contemporary robot in the beginning. Uh, Chekhov's uh, robot, we'll call that. No, it's not um, even Chekhov's robot. It's Chekhov's peeping robot. Uh, yeah, we'll, right. we'll get to it. I'll, yeah. I'll explain why that sucks later. <laughs> um, but but uh, I'm just saying, like, all of this... And I, now, hang on, I, I should just say this. This is the first one that I saw in theaters. I was 14 years old. Um, and, like, I saw this in theaters. My parents perhaps were negligent, but there ain't no boobies in it. Um, this is a lot less boobied. This is a lot less boobied than the previous ones. Like, they, they downed the racy on the Bond as, the, as they crossed into the 80s. It was Reagan. Reagan I, I don't that. know. I mean, the, that hot tub scene is you, – you see – and you can definitely see through her shirt. Like, there's more yeah. visible nipples in this Bond movie than the other three. <laughs> Yeah, except True. for maybe on your Majesty of Service and you know, silhouettes. But... The silhouettes were very, very... Uh, but but what I'll say is, like, I recall this one, and I recall, like, the crazy cultural phenomenon, because, like, for six months, MTV was all Bond. Simon LeBond. But I'm Bond! You know, it was so... 
Oh my God. So this, this film was like everywhere. It was very successful despite everyone. And I just look at this, like everybody looking back at the eighties and pretending that only the good stuff was what we were into at the time. No, no. The eighties were about Phil fucking Collins singing Sue studio. The eighties were about this film. This was a bigger film at the box office, I believe, than Breakfast Club was. Oh, absolutely. Breakfast Club had a longer tail, and like everyone remembers, it was a deal. And in fact, it was a deal in my social circle. Like all the little goth girls loved that movie. But this movie, this movie was everywhere and like hugely a deal. And I, I think that there's a certain like denial going on when people pretend like it was bad at the time. Oh, and, and all this, you know, it, Rotten Tomatoes revisionism. This movie was had a budget of thirty million. It made one hundred and fifty million. Like that's a five times return. That's yeah. fucking amazing. This and movie this was on the huge. Cheap. If you look at the budgets for some of the other Bond movies, more, more lean up. This is one that this is, this, I believe, the cheapest they made. Um, so and they had a lot of product placement again. In the oh, film. oh, the product placement is great. We'll get to it. Um, I'll I'll tell you my favorite piece of product placement in a bit. Um. Anyway, so this movie opens. Bond is finding the corpse of another agent in the snow. There is a huge snow sequence that transitions into comedy gold when Surf and Safari literally starts playing on the soundtrack. Um, there are Russians for because it was the 80s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then he, he, brings, yeah, he gets the thing and... <laughs> He gets, you know, he gets the, the the chip that he was looking for, and it's all fine. Yeah, and then he gets into a iceberg uh, shaped sub. Oh my god, the iceberg sub! I completely forgot about that, and I hate it. And With like, the there's... '70s bordello thing inside. Yeah. No, that's so amazing. I, that is yeah. like James Bond to the tenth degree. Yeah, it's like the secret sub that looks like an iceberg, and inside is basically uh, a a fuck van. Yeah, it's it's a Hugh <laughs> Hefner decorated. Yeah, like this is the, this is the this is the <laughs> I got I got two mattresses in the back of my van, and it's got a disco ball and a mini fridge, kind of setup. And the woman is not even wearing like a coverall or like an agent outfit; she's in fucking negligee. As they get in the fucking, I mean, so like, oh, we have to pass two weeks to get back to Britain. Oh, I'm old and wrinkly, and you're not. Anyway, um, God, and and the the banter, that whole bit is so like, and it's and you never see this woman again. Like she's just there for five minutes. You never see her again. She's clearly his chauffeur fuck toy. What's clearly the, the chauffeur here? fuck toy? This, this is the worst. And God, it's so demeaning and just. It's disgraceful. It is disgraceful. Um, then you then you find out. Okay, this this particular microchip is is sealed against EMPs. You know. Okay, cool. I'm I'm down. But it's identical to this other one produced by you know the the Zorn the Industries. Zorn company. The Zorn Industries is leaking. Basically, the Russians are getting a hold of Zorn Industries tech. Okay, that's cool. Uh, that's that's the setup, right? So they're like Bond has to go and, 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 and just let's just go with this. Like that's a that's a like hey, that is a Cold War plausible setup. It is yeah. that part, like yes. the whole deep cover of Zorin, like go and get in there and and, and get our guy. Like that that is plausible. Yeah, like and they're like we don't know anything about Zorin. We need to find out what's going on. Da 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 da. Cool. Turns out Zorin is a racing guy. Horse, racing. horse, a horse racing guy, and so they're gonna do a thing at a horse sale where he's gonna show up. 
But first he has to meet with the French private detective. I don't know. Uh, French private detective flaps his fucking mouth too much. That's his name. And And, at a restaurant in the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) Yeah, they go to the restaurant in the Eiffel Tower. And there's some kind of stupid puppet show going on with butterflies. And I think – and I wanted to say that the lady singing was the same lady who was in the the fuck sub. But I'm not sure. I think it's different people, but yeah, it's yeah. I was like, this, this is the point where it's every all the all the girls seem to look very similar. I was like, isn't this is that the same girl? I don't know. I'm not sure. I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know. Whatever. And dude's like, so I have this very important information that only I, Achille Aubergin, can tell you because only I, Achille. I'm like, God, just spit it the fuck out or write it down or something. And um, so they did. Yeah, so Mayday, who is Grace Jones, who I, I love Grace Jones. Don't get me wrong. Grace Jones is great. So let's not let's, yeah. let's get that out of the way. But she murders this guy by putting a hook through his cheek using a fishing pole, which has a butterfly puppet on it. Right? <laughs> Think about what I, I just wonder, fucking like, said. Like, universe, was it with, with, coated with Curare or something? Because... Yeah, was he poisoned? Because, like... No, no, it, it's instant death. It's like, what's... Well, yeah, he dies from a the, the the the. I mean, yeah, that would fucking hurt. But like, unless it was poisoned or something, he wouldn't just. The butterfly brushes his cheek, and he fucking no, but, keels but, over. But I just want to say this: like, <laughs> they could not have like. Okay, so they they've been they understand they they have counter espionage on this private eye. All right, we don't like him. We won't, we're going to probably kill him. It's like maybe there's a day's notice that he's going to be at the Eiffel Tower. So what they did is they figured out the Eiffel Tower's like color act uh, that will be on stage at the time. They got the approach, like, or did they just have a fly fishing butterfly with Curare on, like, they, this is some improvisational genius. I will use Christopher Walken's own term. Like, this is amazeballs. She had the same costume. Admittedly, based on how she's clothed the first time you see her, that might have been a happy coincidence. Like that should just could have been in Mayday's wardrobe throughout. It's true. Oh yeah, we skipped the part where at the jock, at we didn't bring up the horse racing sequence at the where jock. she's dressed like a Sith, uh, a Sith protector. Yeah, she's yeah, dressed I, like a Sith, and protector. she's like, like super strong, can keep the. You know, we got to point. Out, they're trying to find out why all of his horses keep winning races when they should. Despite have their bloodlines, it's like it's like horse racist, like. <laughs> Oh, that you like, did horse not racism. Do that. You did not. Oh, do, oh Will Cotis. Oh, oh, oh. I, what oh. do you think is going on? It's like these horses should not win based on their bloodlines because clearly they are inferior. And I'm like, this is horse racism. What? What? No, the hell? that's actually that's actually <laughs> like I, I get that that's okay. maybe a thing, but I just horse eugenics is a thing. Horse eugenics is a yeah. thing. Like this, this, uh, yeah. But still, at the same time, it made me chuckle like a ton. I mean, and the Nazis enjoyed it, so you know what that's. Well, about. we don't know he's a Nazi until later, but we'll get to it. Oh, um, he's so obviously a Nazi. No, like, he again, wasn't obviously can... a Nazi. I thought he no, might no, have like... been like Russian. I wasn't sure if he no, was no. For German real, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is because you're not of the age. Like if you're from the '80s, like the, the Doctor Strange Love thing, like any scientist with an accent up to sketchy shit is a nazi that's like that's fair. what they were that's what they were like i the watched movies the in the 80s i'm a child that. of the 80s i understand these things 
Okay, then you don't. I don't know why. Apparently, you I missed. Well, I was so uh, taken he, aback he was by Nazi the force racism. I couldn't. Anyway, he he was not. Well, he doesn't even talk for most of the film. Like he never says a fucking word until the second half of the film. So I had no well, idea he had an accent. Like I no, honestly he, didn't know. He legitimately endorses horse eugenics. Well, so That's does everyone else in this movie. Apparently, no, like he he explicitly endorses horse eugenics. It's fair. The master and horse says race. I like it for people too. Yeah, now that I remember, yeah, that was that was funny. Uh, uh, hello, my Nazi is showing. Yeah, the, the Aryan horse race. Um, uh, I'm uh, buying beautiful centaurs. You are uh, on a roll tonight, sir. You are on a roll. Terrible. Anyway, so. The, to, to get closer to Zoran, the plan is that Bond and this doughy fat guy are going to – like, I mean, I like that guy. Uh, Patrick McNee is great. Don't don't get me wrong. But they both stick out like sore thumbs, and they're going – and he's like, my name is St. John, James St. <laughs> John. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? At least change your first name, lazy shit. St. John Smythe. St. John Smythe. St. John Smythe. Yeah, St. John – whatever the fuck. His name I is St. John Smythe. James St. John Smythe. I'm like, really? That's fucking lazy. Yeah, um, that, that's definitely a British, no, you know, noble crap jerk, jerk you would have, you know, yeah. heard. And then, like, and like, literally, instant. Like, so the best thing about it is Bond is a terrible spy. Again, he's a terrible fucking spy. Um, they, they figure out who he is pretty quickly. They, they don't figure out who he is pretty quickly, but they immediately mark him as this guy isn't who he says he is. Like, they don't necessarily know it's James fucking Bond because Zorin had to get on his fucking, like, he had to get on Russian Facebook or whatever and look him up. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I is, the ARPANET, is, is the ARPANET even existing at this point? Yeah, ARPANET existed in 85, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so he had to get on, he had to get on, like, Spybook and look up the dude's face with the camera he has hidden behind a fucking mirror. Anyway, uh, I did like that he was, like, covering it up by saying, oh, I'm looking up the, 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 the eugenics of the stallion that you want or whatever. So that was fine. Um, yeah, I mean, we do with like horse stuff. It's all about like the you know so and so was a so and so sire. So I mean, it's all like vampire bloodline crap. I mean, that's you know that's the best way to describe it. And yeah. that's, but no, I mean, it's like oh, so the big secret is they've inserted a device inside the horses that a microchip can magically, with the push of a button, inject it with a steroid that is undetectable oh it's a you know, it's adrenaline it's not a steroid it's an adre- it's adrenaline so yeah. what happens is the horse gets to the end of the race he pushes the button the horse gets this huge surge of adrenaline which is why it rears up all the time right so it gets this yeah. huge surge of adrenaline which pushes its muscles and that's how he wins and then he gets pissy and then they go take the thing out so that people when they examine the horse later don't see it now why they bother taking it out i don't know People aren't going to look for the fucking thing, but that's whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The horse racing notoriously uh, not exactly the most honest when it comes to uh, checking for drugs. So, uh, but, but can I just say, like, um, like, like the secret horse laboratory is my favorite James Bond secret laboratory. Just not. Oh, lie. yeah. Are you um, talking about the guy, uh, how they uh, defeat the guys that's putting on the conveyor belts? Well, that is just efficiency, though. Like, your secret horse lab is built clearly adjacent to your microchip hoarding enterprise under your French mansion. Like, you know, I mean, he had the real estate there. He didn't want to waste it. You know, rewatching that, I was like, damn it, Lucas stole this for uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh, there's, there's a lot of borrowing going on in all kinds of directions from this. 
<laughs> but again, that is the great that is the great shame of this sequence of the show. I can't look a lot of films in the eye anymore because now I know where they came from. <laughs> right. <Sorry>. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of that going on in this. Um, so there's a lot of sneaking around and they find they find the secret laboratory of the secret Nazi laboratory under the horse racy thing where they find the horse and stuff. And the, the there's a, there's a fight with guards where the, the guards get wrapped up in a box. And again, that is an A team fucking fight. It is. It absolutely fucking is an A team fight. It's so, so awkward. Or, or, or choreographed. Because we should point out it's Bond and Patrick Manny, who, who was also on the Avengers. So we've ever. They've been uh, getting as many actors from that show to team up Bond as pot that they had left. So he's the same age as Bond. They're way too old to be handling that kind of choreography. True. Um, I mean, do you think they were even in the room, though? The shots are not – there's not a lot of recognizable body parts in those shots. Oh, um, we, I, I didn't bring this up, but, you know, during the skiing section, too, I mean, it was the blue, the blue screens with uh, Roger Moore were – pretty uh, you know i mean there's a couple that seems he's in the snow but a lot of it's just oh like, yeah those those are are pretty bad i, I yeah. i'll admit there's a lot that's not good in this um yeah for action uh, and, but yeah um they, they do the ridiculous that they throw him, the guys on the conveyor belt that's what's tight you know they basically get boxed in <laughs> yeah so they, they did, anyway they they managed to escape quote unquote and bond is about to get caught being out of his bed because reasons and the tape must have run out oh no i mean that was mildly clever but uh he ends up in in fucking mayday's bed and grace jones and roger moore pretend to have sex no you wait 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 you 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 skipped literally the best scene in the movie oh the best thing in the movie bar anything was the creepy for walken is 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 max is just sort of like Oh, yeah. Go ahead, fuck him. I mean, what is that even? Like, that expression, how do you even unpack it? Is he like, well, I guess this is just a thing that this happened last week, Mayday? Like, it, there's so much unspoken there. Well, I mean, I take it that she's, yeah, that he's the Dom, she's the sub, so he's like, do it. <laughs> but, but, uh, but it's not, it's not like a calculate. It's just like he's sort of amused and he just sort of shrugs and like, yeah, come on, go for it, girl. Yeah, it, I mean, it like, is so good. It's so it's good. like just see if you can wear him down. I'm, <laughs> see, I mean, I've okay. heard criticism of Christopher Walken in this role, but I thought he was wonderfully, wonderfully over the top. I thought he was enjoying himself every minute of it. I, I well, again, though, but I will say the entire premise of Bruce's experience of this movie is it is a goddamn comedy. Like I do, I see nothing serious in this film. I mean, that's fair. And honestly, uh, okay. Let's uh, while we're at it, let's bring up Zorn real quick. So uh, I've, I've told you guys about this, but it was supposed to be David Bowie. Every little bit of Walken's outfits, even his hair, it's Bowie of nineteen eighty. You know, let's dance phase. Bowie was signed on. Uh, the touring for um, Let's Dance got bigger and bigger, so he skipped out because he still wanted to be able to shoot Labyrinth. At, at, right, in the, later and, Labyr- on. and that, that is the choice. He, he made the correct choice. Yes, he did. Uh, then they offered it to Sting. Sting said, uh, no, I want to go do Dune. That was not <laughs> the correct choice. 
but we're gonna look, we're gonna go with it because I honestly think Walken would be better than either of them in the role. Walken is a far more sociopathic human yeah. than they are. And we should point out Chris Walken, Oscar-winning actor, won it for a couple years, you know, for Deer Hunter, which he played a social a guy who's a completely broken sociopath, and you know, most of his career he tends to play like intense psychos. So you. On paper, it makes perfect sense. Unfortunately, I think they really didn't pivot. It should have said been Bowie-esque. I, 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 I understand that he, it's considered weak. I don't see it. I mean, I, maybe I just don't have some other vision in my head. I think he's better. Uh, so I would I would say he's about on par with the Tellies of Alice Blofeld. He is somewhat miscast in the role, but he actually approached it with skill and and did it well enough. Like again, the, the little jokey bits of like uh, right on schedule. What the fuck are you even mur- murdering the word there? Why is that a? It's a joke. It's to make it more peculiar and funny. It's the did you bring the extra clips? Like I I clearly I always plan to just machine gun all these witnesses down. Like that's not going to leave evidence. Like this is you know it. it Basically, he, the character is a plausibly cartoony villain in universe. Like his ideas are little thought balloons of murder. He's Harley Quinn. Yeah, I mean, it's just the front part of this. Like they set up Zorin basically fine, but so anyway, he figures out that James Bond is a is a secret agent, whatever. And then, oh, they... did you know the thing though? that sequence, the CIA, it's supposed to be the guy who did Argo said, we, do we have this? And that's why facial recognition became a program at the CIA. <laughs> I did not know that. Of course. I mean, you know, Star Trek gave us iPhones, so, you know, so, give us facial <laughs> So anyway, after Zoran identifies him as James Bond, he gets him off on to, to ride some horses and he sends his, his buddy out to go wash the car Mayday kills that guy. Yeah, he um, chokes him in the back of the car. I mean, he's like, that's... Yeah, chokes him to death in the back of the car. And then they take him on this incredibly elaborate horse ride trap. That is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. And here's why it's stupid. The reason why it's stupid is because just fucking shoot him. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you didn't have Hang any... Compl- I No, I've got this for you. I got this for you. I actually rode this down fine. His hope was a neck a neck breaking accident that could be looking accident, and then it all got it all went to shit. Who cares? He like, was going to dump no, him in a fucking lake. Just fucking like, shoot him. That was improvisation. He wanted a plausible accident. He wanted to kill the agent and them not understanding what happened. He actually twice in his murdering, he's like trying to get away with it. He is. I think better than some of the other Bond villains. Oh, no, front. because they While already a, killed Tibbet. They've episode. already killed Tibbet, who is also an agent, right? Yes. They, they didn't have any qualms about murdering the shit out of him, and there's no way they can fucking pass that off as a horse riding accident. So why not just fuck or, or okay. shoot him nothing? Have your dudes hold him down while you bash his skull in with a rock. You've yeah, got the every single person there. Every single person there is in his in his employ. Right. Why don't and, you and just all of them fucking are down kill with him? All of them are down with murder. Yeah. No, I, I kind of see that. Uh, I will say maybe it was sort of like, you know, Mayday just got excited because I don't know that, like, I think she was improvising. She was not under direction. Him leaving the compound was not expected. 
So they probably were going to maybe not kill that one. You know what I'm saying? I think that was improvisational. I'm just saying. I think that that sequence is dumb because it's like you can literally put two slugs in his fucking head. No one there is going to blink because you own everyone. And then you can dump his car and like, it was the 80s. They're not going to find that shit on your private property for decades. <laughs> like, for real, real. What the yeah, fuck? And, <laughs> and also, but yes, the, hor- the horse chase was, not- was weak. And why not just strangle him and said, oh, we should knock him unconscious, let him slowly, uh, possibly escape from the car. Right. Well, yeah. well, again, you know, there were the there, there, 80s forensics, if, if the butlers, the drivers in the backseat. OK, they didn't stage that very well at all. No, I mean, you're not going to constantly just slit his throat. And then, I mean, or tie him up. Don't let him make it easy for him to escape. And, uh, you know, of course, his idea is I'm going to drink uh, air out of the or suck air out of the. OK, yeah, that was that was sort of when it clicked over to like, this is fucking ridiculous. And I started chuckling. I'm like, that's not how air pressure works. But whatever. Oh, they um, tried. Mythbusters tried to you know, prove you, that doesn't work. Like, uh, actually... I'm 100 percent certain it doesn't work. Um, I can see where they got the idea. Right. Like my mom was like, that's clever. <laughs> It landed for her. <laughs> well, uh, once again, the writers think uh, yeah, they're writing for what looks cinematically it, cool, it, but whether it, or not it's it, actually. It, uh, it's <laughs> very A Team. Again, yes. I'm just telling you guys, this is an episode of the A Team. Yeah, I, I, you, you've kind of nailed it. This is like the you know, Magnum PI, you know, had better you know, core. And they were totally doing that, by the way. They were, you know, the whole existence of Duran Duran in this is like, we want to get the youths. Yeah. And we should point out, so, you know, um, the theme song goes, is the only Bond song to go number one. You know, a couple of weeks after this movie comes out, it, it, they literally play it at Live Aid and in, in, in a touristy <laughs> bad performance of it. You know, they talk about Queen's performance being the greatest ever. Simon Le Bond did so bad on the, you know, singing the notes of this song, it was considered the, uh, the note bombed all over the world. That's, that's sad. Anyway, so this, all this dumb little sequence happens. They try to kill Bond. He somehow, so he escapes and then they goes gets on a little uh, business meeting. Like, then we find out that like the KGB used to front Zoran and it turns out he's actually like a genetics experiment or blah, blah, blah. He, he's a genetics, but he's also a rogue KGB agent. And uh, the guy, who which again, the- I liked that part of the fluff. I, I yeah. absolutely loved the KGB set him up. They tried to rein him in. I do like that KGB shows up and is, you know, involved, involved in this. Even yeah. though they're just, they're victims. They tend to fail, but like, they're there. They're like, we're going to kill our rogue agent because this is a mess, you know? Yeah. Okay, and so. And what? the guy who's with him, that's General Gogo. He's in most of the Bond movies with Moore is, he's the KGB's main guy. And him and Moore have this kind of detente deal. Like every movie they're in, they constantly interact, and they, they basically, okay, you scratch your, they, it's constantly, like, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back, kind of deal. So, so that he's made Bond untouchable to yeah. the Soviets, and of course now Zorn has crossed the line. So we find out he's a rogue agent, and uh, eventually, so this, and this is the point where the where the movie actually turns around for me, right? So. Zorin gets a bunch of businessmen up into his blimp. A blimp. <laughs> into blimp. his blimp and takes them 
and starts talking about how we're all chip manufacturers and that's cool. So I have this plan to get us a monopoly on things. And one guy's like, that's fucking stupid. You're an idiot. I'm the fuck out. And he's like, okay, well, we're going to be discussing some confidential stuff. So I'd like you to please step outside. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. That's cool. Mayday will get you a drink. And then Mayday just – and then he has the little push-button slide to Oblivion. And I was like, oh, that's the Bond shit I'm here for right there. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking I, petty and dumb. Like, and, and I'm like, is no – did you really th- – like, so yeah. let's, let's, let's picture back at the home office for this guy, right? <laughs> let's picture back at the home office. It's been two weeks. You know that he went to Zorin for a business meeting with a bunch of other businessmen, right? And then you don't hear shit from this guy. It's been two weeks. You don't know where he is. You don't know what's going on. Don't you think that they might might just have an inkling that something might be fucking wrong? Like, so your idea, because this guy, I mean, you could have just left him in the fucking hallway and then, you know, everyone else would have been sworn to secrecy and then they would have just walked out and be like, nah, man. He's like, okay, this was dumb and I'm going to leave, and he does, and then it doesn't matter. But no, this is how you fucking draw attention. Now, I get that Zorn's supposed to be a crazy madman, and yes, he is, because he doesn't think this shit through. And so, like, literally, don't you think this is going to draw attention? Like, oh, yeah, the last place that guy went was a Zorn Industries business meeting at this time, on this date. Like, Yeah, like, no, Zorn clearly, clearly, once he was off the page of, you know, uh, of, of doing what his handlers told him to do, he... <laughs> Yeah, it all just, starts going shit. Yeah. Starts going yeah. way off the fucking rails. So, then... by the way, I, I gotta add one thing though. Okay, so Goldfinger has the exact same plot, exact same bit. He gets all these like mobsters to come meet and a meeting, and because their plan is they're going to blow up all the gold in Fort Knox, and, and uh, so the Goldfinger's group will be have the monopoly of gold. I, I wish one to guy, say again, one guy does the exact same thing. I don't want to even part of this. Okay. We go wait in here, and they immediately kill him, and then put him in in the back of a car, in which Bond then you know puts a little like tracking device on him, so the CIA can follow him. <laughs> so yeah, they literally say, just blow up all the gold is stupider than this. Yeah, it is stupider than this. So we do, but we don't find out exactly what his plan is until afterwards. So let's go talk to the CIA. This is where we learn that Zorin is a product of medical experimentation by the old Nazi scientist guy with the monocle. <laughs> I mean, and... what? There's no way that guy with a monocle with a weird German accent could be a Nazi. No one who speaks German could possibly be evil. <laughs> um, so then, then he gets, then he goes out to like he gets, uh, he meets with like under the pretense of being a reporter for like the London Financial Times or whatever. He meets with a cr- scraggly old crab fisherman who bitches about how Zorin's killing all the crabs, right? And <laughs> that's fine. So he swims out to the oil rig. <laughs> And okay, I have to inject. I have to inject. I got the outtakes version again. I spent fifteen dollars on this time. Why? I, I told you it's free on Pluto. Because 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 of the outtakes and that it has a full commentary by Sir Roger Moore that I'm going to get drunk and watch one day. Okay, uh, that, like a whole two will, hour that, commentary. That actually, is worth it because he right. can give a fuck. <laughs> oh my! He God. hates this movie. He hates this movie. Oh, there's. Uh, I, I can but, understand. But, but there's why. an outtake. So the guy with the red hat and stuff, and like it wasn't initially just that. There is an outtake where Roger Moore gets on the Greenpeace Morton's Fisherman boat. It's like some sort of hybrid, and they go to they go buzz up to the thing, and they get shooed away. And like they have signs that say Zorin kills crabs. I want one. I want one so bad. <laughs> That's amazing. So anyway, after meeting with the Gordon's Fisherman, uh, Bond <laughs> later on that evening. 
um, swims out to the thing in a full scuba rig and goes exploring. And I don't know who fucking stuck that fake crab to the grate, but I just started laughing. Like, I was chuckling. I was like, oh, that's funny. Hey, hey look, it's a callback to the crab scene. <laughs> I just started laughing. And so he gets there, and he almost fucking dies. Like, they're testing this pump thing, and Bond almost fucking dies, and, like, he loses his scuba gear, which gets sucked into the fucking thing, and... He pops up on the other side of the ring. Now, it just so happens that there's some KGB agents also doing shit in scuba gear <laughs> while he's there. And I'm like, Bond is the luckiest motherfucker on Earth. Yes. So Not only, not only that, one of the agents is a girl. He is a KGB agent. He's fucked before. So. No, actually, he's a new character. Well, I mean, supposed to be... after, after a career this long, he's fucked most of them. You know? yeah, yeah, at this point, I'm, I'm surprised. It was, it's like... to, it was supposed to be a callback to the spy love. It was supposed to be that character, but that's uh Barbara they couldn't Bob, get the actress who, yeah yeah it's that's ringo's wife and she just didn't want to do it so which i completely understand yeah <laughs> um she's I, like, I, 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 I need to get goes, my truss on so we can make the sweet loving um yeah she's like i was like i was like i'm still ringo do i really want to get naked i can't i can't <laughs> i can't do a roger moore voice um i mean that's about as connery's you get Darling, it's like, it's like... I, I can't do Roger Moore, so you're just getting shitty Sean Connery impression. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, so they're doing stuff, and while they're investigating Bond's major fuck-up, which, to be fair, this is a Bond fuck-up, right? Bond underestimates shit, gets fucked up, somehow survives. Luckily, other people get blamed for it and pay the ultimate price. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> but they're Russian, so who cares? They catch one of the KGB agents. They execute him by putting him back in the thing where Bond almost died, and this time they make sure he dies. Um, him and this, uh, and so the other KGB agent who's been recording some shit using this big fancy thing, um, it's, like gets to the beach, and uh, Bond follows her, and they get in a car and they speed off, and they head to a <laughs> a hot, hot tub, tub place. And because um, it's the eighties, because it's the mind 80s. mind you, they were probably the only straight people ever to fuck in that hot tub. That's that's yeah. fair. They're the that's, only. It's a, it is a San Francisco bathhouse. Yeah, it's a San Francisco bathhouse with hot tubs, and John, <laughs> James Bond does his seduction thing somehow. I don't know how. Dude is clearly like, I mean, you need to put some leather wool on him because he's starting to crack. Is what I'm saying, and I know I keep bagging on Roger Moore for this, but. Damn, he looks old and old as fuck in this, um, and not in like a flattering, like no, he, know, no sexy, sexy silverback kind of way. No, this is just like Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. You need to stay out of the sun. Yeah, um, I should point out uh, there's an uh, in this, in uh, for your eyes only. He was supposed to have a love scene with a girl who was like 20. He said, "No, I'm too old. Let's not do this. This girl's supposed to be 16." Oh my god. Anyway, well, I mean, good. Even he knows like there's even Roger Moore knows that this is bad. Uh, so yeah. anyway, they hot tub fuck and some you know music plays, and then the KGB agent, a different KGB agent, mind you, is waiting outside, waiting yeah, for go -Go. for Pola Ivanana, Ivan, whatever her name is, yeah. Pola, to get the tape, and she runs out and she puts it in her boob. And they get in the car, and they're going to, let's play back the things we recorded. And, oh, no, Bond switched the tapes, because, of course, he fucking did, right? And I was like, that, now that's, again, this is, we're starting to get into the James Bond that I was told to expect. Like, this is now, I'm starting to see where the stereotypes come from. <laughs> and so, then, then the movie, like, then a whole different movie starts. 
<laughs> and he tracks down <coughs> Stacy Sutton, which is uh, who was a bit player earlier in the other film that got a five million dollar check written to her, right? Five hundred. Whatever that Bond, that the Bond like figured out and stole, and in the process of stealing, got made yet again by people, um, because he's a bad spy. Okay, no, um, I mean they just didn't. They didn't kill the people in the packaging machine. How did they not expect their cover to be blown? How did they not expect their cover to be blown? Like they're like, oh, we might get identified. You, how could you not be identified? I I agree with that. I'm like, this is all your fault, man. Once again, this is a poorly written script. Maybe Why you should have. Maybe you should have knifed them. those guys. But like I said, right around here is where it's switching to be like again after all the country estate stuff. Once you basically once you get to the scuba gear, you basically get to the actual good part of this movie, and. So anyway, he finds her and like they he goes to their house and like yeah. this whole fucking wacky sequence of nonsense she's occurs. She's a seismologist. Uh, she's a seismologist or whatever, and yeah, it's Tanya Roberts now. She had been on Charlie's Angels before this, so yeah, she's she's very attractive. Which, by the um, way, I think we should point out uh, Bruce Sherratt. You know, if they got uh, yeah, you know, we have a Charlie's Angels in here, so they're definitely going for like an A team, you know, late seventies, early eighties action TV okay. show. I have to. I forgot. I have a card. I have a card from my mother. My mother has a, a card for this film. Her card is, "I want her shoes. They just never come off." They they are they are pretty amazing shoes. Um, there's not even a strap on them. They're just like you know sandal type heel, and they just they just don't they don't leave. Well, she had glue. There was glue on her feet. There was yep. glue on her feet. When you yeah. sell off your grandfather's furniture to pay for your lawyers, <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> Um, glue, glue foot. Glue foot. Anyway, uh, <laughs> see, it ties back into the horse racing. Um, <laughs> so, oh, really? anyway, so they, he meets up with Stacey Stetton, and like she's she she comes out of the like he he's sneaky, he's creeping around her house, he, and I love that he unlocks like he uses this little like magnet device to flip the window latch to sneak in, and the best part about it is it's disguised as a credit card and it says the sharper image on it. And that made me laugh so fucking hard. So he sneaks in. He yeah, hears the shower nice running. Things. Because Bond has a weakness to boobs, he has to go in and check. And she gets the drop on him with a fucking shotgun. And I'm like, I'm shocked shoot he him. didn't die. This is America. We don't stop. We don't not shoot people. <laughs> you know? No, this is California. We load our shotguns with rock salt. No, it, it, it was the 80s. Uh, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so she yep. started, he's like, what did you – and, like, people aren't dying. And I'm like, God, he shot that shotgun. These people should be dead. This is very bloodless. And he's like, what did you load this with? Oh, you know, rock salt. And I was thinking, what the fuck? Were you going to fight ghosts? Was this a ghost-fighting shotgun? No, anyway, no, that, that's a thing. Is it that's really? Totally a, that, that's a thing. Yeah, it's, it's rock it's, salt. It's so that, you don't kill people. It's a riot. It's why they used to riot, you know. Like riot I had people. no idea. Well, I'm, okay. Well, I retract my statement. It's still fucking weird. Um, well, well, it's the point is it's not going to protect her. It might just it'll knock somebody off their feet for a few minutes. Well, it'll protect her if you've got James fucking Bond there, apparently. Because anyway, there's a big fight between her and like Zoran goons, and they, then then Bond cooks her dinner. Okay. And, like, they have a little tete-a-tete, and he learns some more details about the thing, and he goes to fix the phone, because they cut the phone lines, and the, the, the phone box is outside the window of her bedroom, because of course it is, because it's a Bond movie, and he fixes it, and he goes in, and she's dead asleep on her bed, and she's in a little silk robe thing, and 
In a startling change of events, James Bond is a perfect gentleman and sleeps in a chair outside with the shotgun in his lap in case dudes come back. I was this like, is the first one where I'm just like, the sexism is kind of passive and of the era. It's not like accentuated particularly here. Right. And, and like, she's competent. She does stuff. She has her moments of being an 80s, like, Jeez. woman in peril. But yeah, well, that's later. But. Um, yeah, so... once again, she... they've cast an actress who is not believable for the lines she's saying, unfortunately. She, she, honestly, she's fine. It's a little cheesy, but it's very it's very 80s. It's very 80s, and blah, blah, blah. They go downtown with the CIA agent they're with. That guy gets killed by Mayday because just like every other person gets killed by Mayday. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, which is great because he's probably yeah. All the, all of Zorn's goons who must be the steroid people, they're basically just doing low rent pro wrestling moves. You, yeah. you didn't notice that they were also like they were also Charlie's Angels, right? <laughs> they were uh, Charlie's Angels. That's amazing, actually. Yeah. The other two, the other two ladies that we see later. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's... oh one of those one of those girls. That's uh, that's Elsa in. Uh, uh, Last Crusade. Oh my God, I I had no idea. Yeah, so she's one of the few people who've been in a Bond movie and a, a, a Indiana Jones movie, and the other being Sean Connery. Man, this is just even better. The other being Sean Connery. This is even better and better. Anyway, so they go to the downtown city hall to do some eighty sleuthing through public records. They find out some stuff, and then they the 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 bad guys show up. And try to kill. They kill the the person, the head geologist who just fired Chicky Boo for some reason. Like there's there's a little money. side plot about her getting fired and shit, and it's dumb. Anyway, they, they <laughs> it's filler. Moving on, and the bad guys again have the fucking drop on on these people. To which I again say, why the fuck didn't you just shoot them in the fucking head? Um, you see what I mean? Like, yeah. shoot them in the head, put their bodies in the fucking elevator, set everything on fire. They're not going to look too closely at it. You're guys. about to blow your, – your plan is to destroy yeah. your house. Your plan is to burn down the building. They're not going to look too closely at it. Just put a, put a fucking plug in their head. Anyway, they don't do that, and Bond and her escape. She has a few moments of being a helpless woman in the 80s, but – and yells James a lot, as Tom pointed out, but – Ultimately, like she's not as bad as, um, uh, you know, that, Lois Lane okay. and Superman. So it's oh, fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's fine. And while while they're climbing out of the burning building, they're playing the the um, they're playing a horn line version of the the dance into the fire bit from the opening theme song. Yep. Which was the dumbest possible motif, but at the same time, I was like, "Yeah, that that's very '80s makes makes sense." It tracked. Um, it, it it's it's okay. This is like the age of lampshading. Let's just right there. Yeah. We got to do. This. Yeah, I mean that's where we're at. And the there's a misunderstanding. The police try to arrest Bond, and there's a big chase sequence on the fire the fire that, truck. Right. It's so we have to have a chase sequence because every so, every movie in San Francisco is required to have a car chase. It's true, and I'll be honest: the fire engine chase is one of the best chase sequences in a James Bond film I have seen. <coughs> like, yeah, but uh, now the thing is, as you watch other Bond movies, especially when we get into later ones, this is a shit one compared to what they do in some of the better um, movies. Yeah, I but, actually liked the the early the like little taxi sequence. Simply because, like, the chaotic spinning of that little half taxi 
through sets filled with fucking human beings. Oh yeah, it's astonishing to me. Like that thing is spinning like a crazy. And people are five fucking feet away from it. Yeah, and I'm like, damn, that's some work. Uh, yeah, they it, did good stunt work there, and it's way better than the similar sequence from um, Blowout. Yeah. <laughs> um. So again, I know I keep going back to other movies we've watched, but there's such good examples. Um. I actually like that sequence. It was fun. Um. It's a little, I mean, it's it's ridiculous, but it's ridiculous like in an '80s movie kind of way. So yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, again, I don't hate it. I think I thought it was fun. Uh, blah blah blah. They sneak into the mine. Uh, that of Zorin's mine after they discover his plan. So his plan is to detonate explosives beneath the lakes along the Hayward and San Andreas faults, which will flood the fault lines, and then blow up some other thing, which they refer to as a geological lock. I don't know what the fuck that is, but it's a thing. And then both fault lines will move, quote unquote, simultaneously thus causing the bay to rush in and flood Silicon Valley. That's his plan, right? And doing this will give him an, um, and doing, and his goal in doing this wonderful evil plan is to get a monopoly on chip manufacturing, (laughs) which is possibly the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) I mean, are we sure though? Because I'm afraid that Elon Musk may seal this film. Oh, I I, I mean, we agree. Elon Musk must be loving you only live twice. Oh, that has yeah. to be. Yeah, that that's his favorite film. This one, though, I mean, it's. it's this is I mean, Zuckerberg's favorite movie. It has to be. <laughs> it's like I Ooh, will Zuckerberg, absolutely. Zuckerberg has those crazy, cold, dead eyes. Right? I could see he? him standing on top of like the Facebook mine. Did you bring the extra clips? I could see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway, they sneak into the mine. But some, yeah, we should point the... out once again. This is the dumbest thing because they don't seem to understand. Microchips are made in other places. Oh, yeah. Like, if the goal of his plan had been, I want to kill this businessman's and ruin his entire business because I hate him. That's a typical madman plot. You'd be like, you want to take over the tri-state area with your earthquakeinator? That's fine. Yeah. Um, You know, Perry the platypus will stop him. It's fine. Uh, (laughs) But, by the way, as a side note, Perry the Platypus is a much better secret agent than James Bond in almost every way. Anyway, moving right along. Um, So, that's his evil place. They go to the mine, and they figure out what's going on, and her shoes stay on the entire time. They even even lampshade that. They lampshade it with a joke, and I was, at this point, I was sort of on board with the lampshading. So, I was like, yeah, this is fun. And... Zorin basically, so then, so the, again, they got to blow the shit up. They figure it out and they have to, there's a big bomb, bomb with a key and it's got a countdown. It's, it's typical bond bomb stuff, right? Great. It's great, great stuff. And then this huge action sequence begins with Zorin, who does not give a fuck about anyone. They're, they're chasing bond and, and, Stacy uh, through the mines and he sends his lackeys to go kill. He's like, go kill them. And he sends Mayday and the other two chicks who are also super strong to go murder James Bond, right? Kill them. They can't get away. And then he turns around. He's like, yeah, blow the fucking mine. And his little buddy is like, but you sent your people in there to get him. Are you sure you want to do that? What about all these men? He's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Fucking kill everybody. And I was like, yes, this is the Bond villainy I'm here for. Yeah. yeah, but that that one is the scene that like everyone seemed to be all mad about. Like, if you read the reviews, like, like 
I'm pretty sure more people got killed in prior Bond movies. It's just you didn't watch them all get shot. Like, oh. I guess I get it. Oh, I yeah. like this. I like that part of the movie, actually. So then, like, some explosives go off to start draining the lake, right? And there's this little cutaway sequence with a guy fishing on the lake. <clears throat> and then later on, they cut back, and he's on dry land because ha-ha. I cannot express how surprised I am that it's not the sheriff on the lake. I, I you know, right? It should have been Sheriff <laughs> J.W. Pepper. H.P. Pickens or whatever. J.W. Pepper, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got the race sheriff's name wrong. My apologies. Maybe him and horse racist guy can get together and have a a, a hoot nanny of a time. Anyway, uh, God, I'm just on fire tonight. Um, so they, they this explosion happens and kill, starts killing all his own men. And he even says give me some extra clips and they pull Uzis out and they start just executing everybody. And I understand why they're doing this. He's cleaning up loose ends. He doesn't want anyone to talk about this. Right. Right. Like he just wants this to look like a mind disaster that exploded and stuff. And that's why he's sacrificing literally everybody, but like three people to go do this. And he's laughing it up and he's having a grand old time shooting the shit out of it. Admittedly, people. the forensics people will probably notice all the bullets. Yeah. You'd think so, but it was the eighties. That wasn't a thing. <laughs> No, no, no. I was alive in the 80s, Well, They found bullets sometimes in the 80s. Yeah, they found them, but they'd be like, huh, weird. Weird that there's all these bullets around. I but mean... yeah, uh, let's, let's speed up. I think our, our listeners are going to be like, get to the point. All right, the point is, there's a big action sequence. Um, Bond you know, gets hurt and sends Stacy up to save herself. Mayday shows up to try to kill Bond, realizes she's been double-crossed. They have a moment while in a flooded mine. And managed to get out and stop the bomb. There's actually it's actually a good action. Again, this is actually a decent action sequence for a James Bond film. They go in, they get the bomb. Mayday sacrifices herself to stop the bomb. Zorin is in his. It, I loved his like portable Zeppelin bullshit, um, which was great. Blah blah blah. Action sequence. Blah blah blah. Bond, Bond. rides a motorcycle up the the Golden Gate Bridge. Bond rides a motorcycle. Uh, he doesn't ride a motorcycle up the bridge. He gets dragged there. Oh, that's right. I forgot. No, he's not riding a motorcycle. What happens is he they, they, he he grabs the mooring line for their stupid airship after Stacy gets kidnapped. Again, why not just shoot her? I don't know. Whatever. Um, they hit the Golden Gate Bridge. There's a big fight on the Golden Gate Bridge between Zorn and Bond using a fire axe. <laughs> it's actually a decent. I mean, it reminded me a lot of Batman versus the Joker, but in business suits. <laughs> Well, it's a sloppy fight, which I kind of liked. Okay, I appreciated not, that. It, yeah, it, 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 it's it's a sloppy fight. This is no one's got footing. There's wind. You're just trying to hack. Yeah, somebody. for me, it tells me that the sets are so like that is not the, you know, they're not the top of the Golden Gate Bridge. It's too. Oh no, I mean it's yeah, clearly Star not. Trek, uh, low rent episodes of Star Trek had a little bit better realism for that. I mean it's it's not bad though. Like it's I have seen worse. Yeah, and Zorin falls to his death. Which is nice. The the old Nazi tries to blow up everybody with dynamite. Which for some reason they have dynamite. Anyway. On a blimp. On a blimp. The the old Nazi tries to blow up everybody. Stacy thwarts him. Everybody escapes. It's great. And then it cuts to, to uh, M and General Gobal in, an, Gogol in an office. And they're like, we want to give him the Russian Medal of Honor. Which no, blah, blah, blah. And there's a little bit of there's a little bit of funny back and forth where M says, well, I would have thought you would have cared. You wouldn't have cared about Silicon Valley being blown up. And the general's like, aha, but Russian research depends on it. Ha 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 ha, you know, because they're spying on Silicon Valley. Uh, if you didn't get that. 
And then we get to Chekhov's stupid 80s robot bullshit. And <laughs> it cuts away to this dumb little surveillance robot that Q is is using to creep around Stacy. The highest it. level of spy tech. Uh, and then it focuses on the, the, the cat's food bowl, which says pussy on it. Like, that was the yep. least subtle thing in this movie that wasn't subtle at all. Yep. And this dumb 80s robot, because every movie at this time had a robot in it. We're talking like Rocky IV. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm just going to suggest to you that this robot Short Circuit comes out in 86. That's that's this fair. Was so, Johnny yeah. 5. This is Johnny Johnny 5. Well, this some, is Johnny 4. This is Johnny 4. Johnny 4 saw some tits. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And Bond and Stacy are having sex in the shower. The end of the movie. Hooray. Yeah. So yeah, this is the fu- uh, more as he's shooting this is like I can't do it anymore. He was supposed to stop after 5 movies. He got talked into more. They paid him a pretty good amount, but not as great as say like Connery got for uh, doing Never Say Never, which came out around the same time. And uh, yeah, as he said, he realized how old he was when he was... He, the actresses, his mothers were younger than him. So he's out. Uh, yeah. A little fun note. The person who was supposed to replace him for the next movie was going to be Pierce Brosnan. But just like Tom Selleck was not allowed to shoot Indiana Rage of the Lost Ark, uh, Remington Steele would not let him <laughs> shoot uh, Living Daylights. So... He had to wait 10 years for it. Uh, so, yeah, that's the uh, – so, yeah, our next one we're going to do will be not Living Daylight, so we'll skip that mess of a movie. And we'll go to License to Kill, the second of the Timothy Dalton films. Awesome. Anyway, so uh, final thoughts on this movie. Bruce, you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, so I'm just going to say good, bad, nerdy, none. I don't know that I'd say this is bad. It's not one I would say don't watch it. If it's not one I would endorse, it's not nerdy. It is not a. I, I do appreciate the criticism that it's not a Bond movie because it is an extended episode of the A Team. It doesn't vibe like James Bondiness, and I'm not. I can't really put my finger on why. Like it has some of the things in it, but just just there's not enough gadgetiness. There's not the quips are dead on arrival. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing there. So I, I can't commend this, but I will also say. It is the least problematic of the ones we've screened so far. Uh, it is, you know, uh, probably better production values than everything else so far. Um, and it's good. It's watchable. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it. Um, so I, I will say that. But I, I, I can't imagine why this one has lower Rotten Tomatoes than You Only Live Twice, which is just a hot, ball of garbage and evil so i i don't understand i don't understand the hate for this one so I, that's why i come across in its corner and i'm just going to throw another thing that you know imdb claims this is a thing that the idea to set the story in california silicon valley was a concept conceived by producer and co-writer michael g wilson in the first draft zorin wanted to destroy silicon valley by changing the course of halley's comet but it was later decided that this was not believable. Wow. I yeah. Mean, that's amazing. Yeah. We have a lot of fact there was a real company named Zorin that sued and they had to put a disclaimer in front of the film saying that this was a unintended mistake. Wondered about that. Yeah. Um, uh, Wikipedia didn't exist back then, so they had no idea that there was a, a, a Greek shipping company by the name of Zorin. So, spelled differently, but same name, same pronunciation. So, uh, Will, what's your take? Good, bad, or nerdy? Um, 
if we have to classify it into those three, I'm going to put it as nerdy because it hits so many 80s like tropes of the 80s movies. So if you're an aficionado of 80s movies and 80s movie making tropes, techniques and so forth, this movie is full of them. There's a ton of basically this movie could not have been made at any other time but the 80s because this is in the 80s 80s James Bond I know of. Uh, it's possible. Uh, we'll that, get to the. What do we see? License to Kill. It's 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 possible. License to Kill will surpass it, but I think this is just a a one step after the other. You're seeing influences from all the stuff from the early '80s, from 1980 to 1985. You see this is definitely early '80s. You, you, this is like a definitive early '80s. Film. Yeah, definitive uh-huh. early '80s movie. So I'm gonna put it at nerdy. It's not bad because you only live twice exists and. <laughs> Um, also, what was the, the on her majesty? Not on her majesty. The one after live that. and let die. Live and let you die also die. exists, and it was fucking trash too. Even if it wasn't as bad as you only live twice. No, actually, I hated that one more. It was actually worse. <laughs> those two movies exist, and this is way better than those. Um, See, I, I, I'm surprised because, like I said, that's. It's always put at the bottom of all like worse. Uh, yeah, worse well, people can be wrong, Tom. That's fine. It's okay for other people to <laughs> be said, wrong I'm about shit. I didn't say there's nothing wrong with your opinion. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, anyway, so uh, I still think of the Bond movies we've watched, the best one overall has been on Her Majesty's Secret Service. But yeah. this one's right behind it. And I really think it's the weakness of the first half that kind of kills it for me. Because the second half is just a really fun 80s action movie um straight up so it's not good it's not bad i think it it just edges into nerdy you could also put it into our nebulous meh category and that would also be fine but i'm gonna go with nerdy well i'm i'm gonna go with bad but i think we'll declare this a bad nerdy bad film so this one is ones where it's either so bad it's good or it's so nerdy it's you know we're in that kind of weird frame where you're either gonna really like or really hate it um or, or, and, and like as Bruce said, you if you realize a, if you take it as a comedy, it's a great film. But otherwise, as you can hear, uh, my uh, little <laughs> daughter is dying for some attention. So uh, let's go and wrap this up, folks. If you enjoyed this episode, please check us out on the good uh, on Facebook, the good fans, of Good Bad Nerdy Movie Podcast, and also on Twitter, Good Bad Nerdy Pod. Guys, thanks for doing this one again. Oh, absolutely. I had. I won't say I had a good time doing it, but, you know, I don't regret the time I spent on it as much as I regret other times I've spent watching movies for you, Tom. Well, we've only got uh, three more to go in this series, so we're going to do License to Kill, we're going to do uh, Golden Eye, and then we're going to finish out with Skyfall. How we're going to take a little break uh, since it's Christmas time. I'm going to do a replay of uh, six of our 12 days of Star Wars uh, coming up uh, this holiday spirit, and we'll be back in January. Yep. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. And I can't wait to get started back up with this on the new year. This is this is always great. And we love all of our listeners, even the ones who think we're absolutely wrong about everything. <laughs> all right, folks, thanks for listening. And please, 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 if you're going to uh, uh, buy some uh, 